Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. I'm so glad that you're here today. My name is Jason. Um, I've been in Embrace for about five years. I'm one of the pastors out at our T campus. It's such an honor to get to share with you all today. Honestly, I cannot wait for this message. But before uh, we dive in, I just want to say how thankful I am. I'm thankful to be part of this community, and I'm thankful to reach the next person for Jesus relentlessly with each and every one of you. So it's just an honor to share on this stage today, and I can't wait. Before we dive into that, though, I got to introduce you to my family. They're amazing. Okay, here they are. Look at that beautiful shot of us at our wedding. That's my beautiful wife, Lindsay. There I am. I'm six foot, just for reference. And then, um, no, just I wish. Okay, and then there's Naomi as our oldest. You got Bear on the far side there and Joanna in the middle. A little bit about each of them. Uh, Naomi, so she's like firstborn, right? So she's uber responsible and I won't have to worry about her ever. And she's gonna get all the inheritance, like just the wild inheritance, enough to maybe fill up half a gas tank in the future. But, and then there's Bear. Uh, Bear, he is like so full of joy and so funny, but like parenting note, here's a little insider info. If you want a boy who's gonna be peaceful and patient and listen and not be wild, don't name him after a wild animal. Just like... <laughs> Don't do it. So no one told us that. It was like just a fun name back then. Um, but anyway, he's so joyful. We love him. And then uh, Joanna, sweet Joanna. She would wear a flower crown like that every day if she could. She's so sweet, but she's lying to you with that smile, okay? I'm telling you, she's like a real life Sour Patch kid. She's like, looks all sweet and you think you're getting sweet candy and then she's sour out of nowhere. And it's just insane. One thing that Joanna does though, is she's like notorious and everyone in our household would tell you this. She's notorious for talking during the movie. Like any movie we watch together as a family, she talks the entire time. And I'm not joking. We'll like sit down, go in the basement. Joe will sit by me and I'll pop on, you know, Shrek or something. We'll sit down. And not even three minutes into the thing, I feel a tug on my shirt. Dad, dad, Joe, what is it, sweet? We're watching a movie. That's the point where we all be quiet, you know? And she's like, dad, no, I got to tell you something. And I'm like, Joe, okay, what is it? One thing, okay. Shrek's green and I have a green dress on. Watch the movie, you know, and I yell, I'm a, you know, I might be a pastor, but I'm also, my patience runs very thin in those moments, okay? And that's a lot like what this series is like, isn't it? We're looking at these like iconic, amazing movies in our culture. We're like diving into them to help see our story a bit more clearly. And then from there, we're seeing what next steps Jesus might be inviting us to take. So today, I hope to do exactly what Joanna does, except tell you a little bit more than like whose shirt matches what shirt and all that jazz, okay? The movie we're looking at today is the famous, probably the biggest movie of the 90s and one of the biggest movies of all time, Titanic. Jack, you are part, so you bet everything we have. When you got nothing, you got nothing to lose.
right. Moment of truth. Somebody's life's about to change. Fabrizio? Niente. Niente. Olaf? Nothing. Sven? Uh-oh. Two pair. I'm sorry, Fabrizio. Get sorry, you I'm sorry, you're not going to see your mom again for a long time. Because we're going to America. Full house, boys. No. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. I'm going home. I go to America. No, mate. Titanic go to America in five minutes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Both of us. Right, come aboard. I love that scene. That's like my favorite part of the entire movie. That guy there with the blonde hair, that was Jack, right? And he's played by the little known actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. What a stud, right? Even back then. Uh, Leonardo played Jack and he gets on the Titanic by winning a poker game. And if he hadn't won the game, he wouldn't be able to like even get on board the Titanic. And now while Jack is on the, on the boat, while he gets on the boat, he runs into Rose. And Sweet Rose, man, she is like amazing. He just can't keep his, his eyes off of her. They fall in love on this thing. And Rose, she's super wealthy. And she like, just like many people on this boat, she could afford to like buy this super expensive ticket just to get on this thing. And throughout the movie, it's not only about this amazing boat that sinks, but it's about their amazing love. So this movie is based on real events that took place. The actual Titanic sank in 1912, right? And no kidding, this is not a joke. When I saw this when I was 10, Side note, if you're 10, this is not for a 10-year-old, right? You think it's a movie about like boats and water? It is, but there's some sketchy stuff in it, okay? So like parental guidance is a real thing. But anyway, I thought, wow, this is me as a 10-year-old, forgive me. This is such a great documentary. Wow. 
I, can, <laughs> I cannot believe that this really happened. And I can't believe like old Rose helped them. And I can't believe she dropped a thing in the, in the water or whatever. Wow, I can't believe they fell in love. Then I grew up as we all do. I grew up and I figured out that like, it's just a dramatization of actual events. The whole Jack and Rose falling in love thing and like her like dying on like the, you know, the door. We all know about the door, the door thing. And Jack had to be let go to die. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? He could have fit on that door so many ways. Look at this. I found this diagram. They're like, (laughs) and there were even more in the post. It's like, we all as a church could have fit on that door with her but she wouldn't let him live. It's so ridiculous, but let's get it out of our heads because their story isn't real. It was made up just for the movie, okay? And we think this movie's about Jack and Rose, but there's actually an even better story found within this movie, the Titanic, that is real. The director, he intentionally didn't want to use like real life stories in this movie because he wanted to respect the people that lost their lives and their families, so I get that. But he did use one. There was one person's real life, one couple's real life story that he decided to use in the film. So I want to show you them. To catch us up, the Titanic had been sailing for a while now, and because of a lot of reasons, they're about to hit an iceberg. They hit the iceberg. The ship is starting to sink. And then as the ship is sinking, it's probably the most gut-wrenching part of the film. People are panicking, but then the violinists, they get together and they decide to play one final song together. Again, I know that scene is super hard to watch, right? Especially when you think about it being real, uh, a real life story or based on true events at least. But did you catch the couple that I was talking about? And that's okay if you didn't because their scene only lasted a few seconds. They don't get a bunch of time in the movie. So let me introduce you to them. This is Isidore and Ida Strauss. It's the couple laying in their bed together. They didn't even intentionally plan to get on the Titanic. They bought a ticket last minute to get back to the U.S., This couple was married. Isidore and Ida were married for 50 years. And Isidore, cool fact about him is he was one of the founders of Macy's and he was a U.S. congressman who lived in New York City. A U.S. congressman who was very successful. He and Ida were extremely wealthy. They were well-known and they were basically celebrities on board this thing. And they end up dying in their room together on the Titanic. 
But they weren't the only people that died that day, were they? Like a lot of people have amazing stories and tragic ones of them losing their life. Why did the director choose to highlight this one story and put it in the film as like a nugget like this? There's gotta be a reason. Before I reveal that, when we get to that, I wanna catch us up on another story. One that I think goes right along with the Titanic that we're talking about today. See, there was a church thousands of years ago, um, a church in a city called Philippi. And Philippi was like a Roman colony. So it was like fast-paced, hyper-political, right? It had a bunch of Roman soldiers in it. It was like the epicenter of a have-it-all lifestyle, okay? And a guy named Paul plants a church in Philippi. And soon after he plants the church, he gets arrested. And so he has to get like carried away and he's far away now, but he keeps writing letters to this church to teach them and encourage them. Well, Paul hears about hard times that this church is having, being that the culture is so fast-paced, political, and selfish. And so in one of his letters to the church of Philippi, he writes what mindset they should have that will carry them through this incredibly difficult season that they're in. And let me share that with you. He says this, if you're in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. This is key. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See what Paul is saying here, like, this is what Jesus is, people. This is who Jesus is. He has every right to do whatever he wants because he's God, he's holy, he's mighty, he's the creator of all things. He could have come to this earth any way that he wanted to, but he didn't come with power. He didn't come with wealth. He came humbly as a baby and then as a servant. And then actually to even go further, he was so humble that it got him put on a cross, a cross that he died on for you and for me. He didn't have to do any of that, but he chose to. Now, why share this? Where do these two stories come together, right? The Titanic, a couple dying in the room together, a real life couple and the mindset of Jesus Christ. Well, there's one last clip I want us to watch to make this connection. And you won't find this anywhere in the entire film because it's like, it's a deleted scene. So I'm letting you in on like a little secret. So if you haven't seen this deleted scene, don't worry, we're all in the same boat. Was, I, knew, I was like, I need something there. And so that was good. But too soon though, I get it. Anyway, in this scene, the Titanic is sinking. This is before Ida and Isidore ever go to their room. So the panic is fresh and people are panicking. It's before they go to their room. They start putting women and children in lifeboats. And for just a brief moment again, we get some dialogue between Isidore and Ida. not on the starboard side either. We're running out of time. This strutting martinet isn't letting any men on at all. There's one on the other side letting men on. Well, then that's our play. We need some insurance first. Come on. No, no. Please, Ida, get into the boat. No! 
We've been together for 40 years. And where you go, I go. Don't argue with me, Isidore. You know it does no good. We see at the beginning of the scene, like they're pulling husbands and wives apart, right? Women and children are getting on the boat. And then we run into Isidore and Ida, and she basically says to Isidore, like, hey, if, you're, if you don't go, I'm not going. This scene was inspired by actual events. And we know what really happened on the boat because of eyewitness accounts. See, what really happened was that they start putting women and children on the boats, right? They're they're ripping like husbands from their wives. No man's allowed to go on these lifeboats. And in the chaos, Isidore and Ida are running to a lifeboat and they start to get in it. Ida steps in first, Isidore right behind her. And then a guard stops them, just like he's done with everyone else. He stops him and and he's about to pull him away from from Ida and from the boat, but he stops for a second and he realizes who this man is. The guard recognizes Isidore. He knows that he's a congressman, a successful businessman. He's a celebrity. And so instead of pulling him apart from his wife, like that he's done with tons of other men, he brings him in close and he says, we know who you are so you can have a seat on the boat. You can join your wife. Isidore gets invited to step onto the boat to save his own life. And when the opportunity comes to get on that lifeboat, he actually says no. They had every opportunity to get on that lifeboat and save themselves, but they chose not to. They said no to that seat on the lifeboat and they sacrificed themselves. Sacrifice. Isidore and Ida had every opportunity to save themselves, but they didn't. They stepped out and gave up their seat on the boat. And here's where our stories connect, people. Jesus is the same. He had every right and opportunity to give, like to take his own lifeboat, but he gave us a seat instead. And that's great news for all of us. So what about you? Like, even when I preach this, when I'm talking, I feel the question arise in me, like, what would I do? What would you do? Given the opportunity, would you like have saved your own life or sacrificed it for someone else? Because the truth is when we decide to follow Jesus, we're signing up for a life of sacrifice, a life of giving up our seat on the boat for someone else. And you may have been told that like life with Jesus is better and it's full of peace and joy and he'll heal you and love you. Those things are so, so true but it's not the whole truth. The whole truth is we receive those things. Those things enter into our lives through one thing, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, through him giving up his seat on a lifeboat and letting you sit there. And we know that Jesus lived this way perfectly. He lived the sacrificial lifestyle so perfectly. And what happened to him? Death. That's not all though. Paul goes on to tell us in this same letter that we're looking at today, one verse later, what happened because of Jesus's sacrificial lifestyle. He says this, therefore, so because of Jesus's sacrifice, God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. See, Jesus is is God, he's holy, he's perfect. 
And he could have done anything he wanted, but because of his sacrifice and his obedient lifestyle, he gave up a seat for us and we're eternally saved for it. He was glorified. Anything and everything that's good in our faith, it comes through sacrifice. His getting off the boat and giving you a seat is what holds your life together, even if you don't see it. So what about you? What does this whole message mean for us? It's really simple, but also not at the same time. It means this, give up your seat on the boat. Give up your seat on the boat. Give someone else a chance. We need to go out of our way as followers of Jesus to sacrifice our lives for those who we wouldn't even notice initially. And if I'm being honest with y'all, I don't even know if I want this to be true. Like, I don't want it to be true that Jesus lived this sacrificial life. It's a lot to live up to, right? Because not only did he die on the cross for us, but he lived a life looking for opportunities to die. He healed the sick. He hung out with the poor and he hung out and had dinners with people that no one would dare associate themselves with. Anything good comes through sacrifice and Jesus led this example. So what does it look like for you to give up your seat on the boat? Well, maybe you have extra money in your account and so like you can actually go like help pay for something small for somebody and give them a seat on the boat. You have a coworker who you know is in a dark place right now and hasn't been the same lately, move around your schedule and take them out for lunch and hear their story. That's you giving up your seat on the boat. Maybe instead of shouting beliefs so loudly online, you take time to quietly and secretly serve those who you're shouting for. Good things come from us stepping off our boat and giving someone else a seat. Isidore and Ida gave up their seat for someone else. Jesus gave up his seat on the lifeboat for you. And what are you gonna do with it? What am I gonna do with it? I'll close today with this. The great-grandson of Isidore and Ida was interviewed on the Today Show and he shared a quote from his great-great-grandfather of what he said back to the guard as the guard was offering him a spot on the lifeboat. So the guard offers Isidore a spot and here's what Isidore says. No, not until I see that every woman and child on board the ship is in a lifeboat. I will not enter into a lifeboat myself. That's crazy because Isidore adopted the mindset of Jesus in that moment. Like he had the mind and the heart and the actions of Jesus right then and there and lives were saved because of it. Jesus gave up a seat for you and your life is saved because of it. What's different from from us and Isidore and Ida is like, the people that they saved probably never knew the sacrifice that was made for them to survive. We all here at church, we know the sacrifice that was made for us, don't we? So what are we gonna choose to do with it? And I remember a time in my life where a great sacrifice was made for me and it wasn't like this huge, crazy, like someone dying for my sake thing. It was a practical thing. Like a few years ago, I was a single dad. One dad three kids, you do the math, talk about drowning. You know what I mean? Like if you're a single parent, you know exactly what I mean. And I, I just didn't know how to be a dad alone. And I remember Christmas was, our first Christmas, just us four was coming up. And I, I just, I didn't even have enough know-how or money to pay like my electric bill, let alone worry about like a Christmas tree and presents, you know? 
And so then I get a text a few weeks before Christmas from a family that I had no idea who they were, and they asked what gifts the kids are into. I was just like blown away. And I said, you know, just humbly, I was just like, hey, they like coloring books and Play-Doh. Like, you don't have to. Two days later, this family shows up with a truckload of presents to my house. A truckload. Our first Christmas, just us four, was such a special memory because this family chose to give up their seat on the boat for a guy that they didn't know and a guy who doesn't deserve that kind of love. And it changed my kid's life and it changed my life in that moment. It gave me hope for another day. Your sacrifice doesn't have to be crazy. See, your sacrifice, you giving up your seat on the boat isn't like you're on the actual Titanic. You can do it in a small practical way today. And it will mean everything to somebody, not because of your greatness, but because of God's goodness and his mercy and his love that is waiting to chase people down through your sacrifice. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you for your great sacrifice. We are eternally grateful. God, would you help show us how we can sacrifice for others today, tomorrow, and the next day? I know that your goodness is just waiting to break out across the city through our lives. And that's such an honor. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.